Welcome, Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and we are back. We have another great show for you today. Um, I got to introduce my co-host, the two-time all-conference, the three-year starter at right tackle, um, the incomparable, the uh, well-knowledged and well-traveled Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining us on the show, sir. Dude, always a pleasure to be here, especially after a W. That was a lot of fun. No question, no question. So the Hawks are heading into their last game of the season. Um, but first, they came off, they're coming off of a 13-10 to 10 victory over the Minnesota Golden Gophers, um, a game in which the Hawks relinquished a lot of yardage, gave up a lot of yardage. Um, to a one Mr. Muhammad Ibrahim, along with the rest of this uh, Golden Gopher defense. This is the most yardage they've given up all year um, behind the Ohio State game. And so let's jump right into it, David. The Hawks uh, did a good job overall. Um, Spencer Petrus went 15 for 24 for uh, 221 yards, no touchdowns, but again, no turnovers, no interceptions, no interceptions, Spencer Petrus. Uh, Caleb Johnson, it was running back by committee on Saturday up in uh, Minneapolis. Caleb Johnson had eight carries on 43 yards. LaShawn Williams, 11 on 38 yards. Gavin Williams, two on eight. And Spencer, Spencer got an end zone off of the QB sneak. He had a couple sacks, but uh, but the QB sneak got the touchdown for the Hawks. Um, Sam Laporta, we saw go down in the game. Um, injury, we got to get updates, see if he'll be uh, ready to go this upcoming weekend or uh, ready to go once the Hawks win. This upcoming weekend, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, uh, Luke Lachey stepped in and played nicely. Five receptions for 77 yards. Brody Brett, two for 21. And then Arlen Bruce had himself a catch for seven yards. Addison or Ostrenga also had a catch. And Gavin Williams also had a reception. Um, but uh, the Hawk defense against this Minnesota Golden Gopher uh, offense, uh, I'm sorry, the Hawk offense against this Minnesota Golden Gopher defense. Um, they did just enough to get it done, David. Uh, looking back at this game, where did we see the Hawks grow and uh, sustaining drives and no turnovers yet again for this uh, for this Hawkeye unit? What are your thoughts? You are saying it. I mean, it, the one that we're not talking about are a lot of mistakes that the Hawks made, right? Uh, especially on offense. We know that we've had that propensity in the past. So we're looking at the uh, look at the quarterback. Like you said, zero interceptions for the day, which is great. He's been doing that consistently. Uh, when I look at the, the offensive line, there was one sack given up for this game, right? I think last game we gave up like uh, six sacks. So definitely growth there with the offensive line. That's actually really good. Uh, that Minnesota defense, they're not slouch at all. So uh, the O-line, they, they did create some holes here. Uh, some seams. Uh, Caleb. He got out there, got the corner once. He got got some good yards. He's actually really good on that sideline. Uh, and LaShawn Williams, he made it. We watched that uh, that one cut he made there in the in the in the hole, and uh, got right up the middle. So, like I said, the running back committee, by committee, is really good. Not a lot of um, you know, not a lot of errors. This team has really uh, the offense. Uh, they're playing a lot of mistake-free ball. Not exciting at all. Uh, they didn't get a ton of yardage against this Minnesota defense. But like you said, they did just enough uh, for the victory. 
Uh, we're looking at a 13-10 victory, a difference of three points. Um, and, you know, as much as our offense did uh, uh, to just enough to win, their offense on the other side did just enough to lose. So that's it's uh, it was a really that was that was a really tough matchup. And these guys, uh, both sides, played really well. Uh, they played really hard. I'll put it that way. That's probably a little bit better. And uh, getting Sam hurt, uh, I believe um, Potabon went down as well. So we're, I'm not sure what's going on with that one either. Um, and we'll find out more as that that I guess the week comes on. But um, the offense did just enough, and that's all we need, really, is for them to do just enough. And they've minimized a lot of their mistakes. That's helped out tremendously. Uh, other games where it has been close, um, you know, mistakes have cost us in the past. And that that's not something that happened here. We're meh, really, we're one turnover either way. This might be a different score. But that, right now, Thank goodness. So I just want to say one thing, going back to the um, what you talked about with the O-line and the sack that was given up. Remember, that was that corner coming on that outside blitz, and we saw that Spencer mm -hmm. was unable to recognize that. So if you take that out of the equation, the O-line was really good throughout the game in terms of protecting Spencer and uh, opening up some holes for those running backs. So it was a tremendous job, and it's continued to be a tremendous job. We've talked about this throughout the season of that group of five guys uh, growing and their growth throughout the season, but uh, their growth together uh, and meshing, you know, that you know better than anybody how important it is to have those guys up front to be on the same page and how important it is to, for those guys to, uh, to constantly work together. It's, uh, it's difficult to have a stop and go type of situation where you bring in different people and you're starting different uh, combinations at that position. But those guys can work together. They can communicate better and they know what each other's are doing. You can speak to that way better than I can, but you know, that's, that's one thing I know about that. <laughs> well, you know, we played O-line when, when I was there, we weren't very good when it first started, right? We weren't very good at all. And um, by the time we got done, we were not bad at all. We were pretty good. So going out there, I was talking to um, a friend of mine the other day about my, my first start. I think it was, it was against Penn State at home. And LeVar Arrington and Courtney Brown out there. LeVar Arrington is playing a uh, linebacker. Courtney's playing DN. Courtney went into the inside. LeVar came to the outside. I didn't touch either one of them. <laughs> that was it. Well, you know, that's the first play of the game. That's the first time I'm out there. That's who I'm up against, mm -hmm. right? But as it got, went on, I got more experience. And I got more comfortable being out there. It's like, oh, here we go. Doesn't matter who you are. I'm going to test your metal. We're going to figure some things out. As these guys get out there and get going a little bit more, like you said, they're very young. Uh, we've been saying that for a while. And they just need to grow up a little bit. And that comes with, like, experience. It's tough to it's tough to duplicate, duplicate that. And even when you're talking about, like, practice during the week, people, like, it's not ones against ones. It's not ones on twos normally, right? You're Normally you're going against the scout team. So a lot of the work and the preparation is done uh, getting into the season. Once you're into the season – you know, the, it's mainly one-on-ones and we'll do nine-on-seven, right? That'll happen. But other than that, you're really looking at scout teams for your real looks. So um, these guys have done a really good job, I think, having some um, adversity in the beginning and going to get some guys that have, you know, we'll point, say, pointed out some of their weaknesses or things with, hey, we talked this uh, about the right tackle, that dip and rip, 
<laughs> you're going to keep seeing until you stop it. That's just how I go. I'm not going to stop serving to you until you can stop it. And that's how it went for, for me when I played there in our line. We kept seeing the same looks until we could prove that we could stop it. All the blitzing, all the twisting, everything, all the different moves, until we proved we could stop it. By the time we got done, uh, we were 1 and 11 to 11 and 1. Not bad. So that's why I'm a big believer. The O line gets going, you'll see the offense turn around. No question. No question. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about this uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher team that really racked up a lot of yards, David. They they had a total of 399 yards, and 263 of those 399 yards belonged to a Mr. Muhammad Ibrahim. Um, and if you didn't know who he was before that game, you shame on you because you weren't listening to what we were talking about last week in the pregame because we were talking about this guy being the most talented running back that this Hawkeye defense has faced this entire season, and he just came out and proved it. Uh, the young man, like I said, came in and rushed 30, 39 times for 200 to the tone, to the tune of 263 yards, 6.7 oh, yard average. Oh, my God. That's one touchdown. He had a fumble oh. inside the red zone. Um, yeah. He did have a fumble inside the red zone. Um, but he just was as patient and as explosive as a running back is in this country right now. And it was on display against the top 10 ranked Hawkeye defense that uh, they came into the game not allowing. I think they may have allowed one hundred yard rusher in uh, in the season. Uh, this guy went for 263. Caliak uh, Manis, the quarterback, was the second leading rusher with four carries for 32 yards. And then Trayson Potts came in and spelled him a couple times, five carries for 13 yards. Um, like Athen Caliak Manis. I'll make sure I give him this stat. Seven for 15, 87 yards passing, and that one crucial interception that was a, uh, it was a tip. It, it was batted off of one defender's back right into Captain Jack Campbell's arms. The hustling to the play, Captain Jack Campbell, who went rumbling down the sideline and uh, in, in, into the end zone before being called back by an inadvertent whistle by the the uh, the side judge there, but Kelly uh, uh, Manis did a did a good job of running the ball. We saw him a couple times making some good runs, and um, you know he he was, he was decent in the passing game. You know he only he only threw for eighty seven yards, but that crucial interception in the waning minutes of the game really was uh, was was what gave the Hawks the go ahead field goal to go ahead and win the game, but. They didn't do too much other than um, other than our guy Ibrahim uh, in the receiving core. Daniel Jackson caught two two passes for forty three yards. Lameki Brockington caught two passes for twenty five yards, and Brevin Spam Span Ford caught two passes for twelve yards. Three receivers caught two passes amongst themselves, and then Ibrahim caught himself a pass. But their whole offense was Muhammad Ibrahim on Saturday. Yes. Um, oh yeah, and the Hawkeye defense. What did we see out of this defense that we have to be concerned with moving forward against this Nebraska Huskers team next week? We see that uh, that they got to get fixed getting into that game. Really, uh, Mohammed is special. I don't know how else to put it. It's like um, 
and I don't want to say he's on this level, but it's like Randy Moss, right? You, you just kind of like attribute a special stats to this kind of this gentleman. That's the kind of running back that uh, I'm going to put some respect on his name. Mr. Ibrahim is, you know, he came in there against a top 10 team defense. And I'm going to say our defense is not very good um, at giving up the run. They, they don't do that very often. That's actually a staple here. Uh, it's very surprising um, that we gave up so much, but um, that maybe that's the thing. But he came in and put on a show. He really did. Uh, and like you said, very patient. It, it's, um, boy, I, I haven't seen patience like that running the ball. And then the explosion, getting through the hole in a very long time. Um, kind of remind, it's almost like a Le'Veon Bell. Um, boy, yeah, very much that kind of patience. The explosion is something similar to like a um, uh, maybe a Saquon, Saquon Barkley, mm. right? Very explosive. Uh, the elusiveness, I'm, I can't say he's very elusive. Uh, he did break a couple, a bunch of bunch of long runs. So uh, you know, our defense, we we haven't seen a special guy like this uh, all season. Uh, the closest we had was probably uh, Blake Corum, I would think. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we um, a couple times, we were a little shallow on the blitz. I guess I should say a couple times. One time we were shallow on the blitz. Uh, just he ran right past us. That was, uh, that was Riley over there coming off the corner. And I you was know, just, it was, he was very patient and waited for us. I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure how much more they could have done with him. So going into this Nebraska game, you know, get back to your fundamentals, working angles. They they are good. They kept this Minnesota offense to 10 points. And, yeah, I'm not sure there's much else they can do with this. What would you see? Well, um, what I saw was a very patient runner and his ability to kind of read those offensive linemen, their ability to get to the next level and wall off our backers. They did a good job. They just have a really good scheme. And we talked about this a lot throughout the season, <clears throat> football being a copycat type of deal where coaches will go and sit down and watch film and say, hey, this is what worked against these guys. How do we use what we already use? What do, how do we do what we already do? but tweak it a little bit so that we can make it look just like this because they had trouble. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to go back to the film room. They're going to have to decide what it was. What, what, what was it that was really hurting them? And was it a cutback? Was it, uh, was it the guys overrunning the holes? There's a couple of different factors, but they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and make sure that they really focus in on that because they will see it again. Almost guaranteed. They will see their same kind of um, shotgun zone running scheme this week against Nebraska and whatever they do going forward, if they have the opportunity to, to go into the championship game, which we'll get into in the, in the uh, pregame. So, but um, um, the biggest factor that I saw in that game was guys kind of getting overran in terms of overrunning the holes, and he was just being patient and able to find those cutback lanes. That's what I saw mostly out of it. So got to get back to the fundamentals, like you mentioned, and uh, really focus in on, on some of these things. But uh, 
Phil Parker has done a tremendous job throughout this season as well as seasons past of getting the guys on the same page, coached up, and in, mm-hmm. proper, in the proper position to be ready for, you know, their opponent. So I have no doubt that he'll do the same thing this upcoming weekend. Well, moving forward, especially. Um, so total yardage, man. They, they out they out yardage the Hawks by, what is it, 119 yards. They had a total of 399 yards. The Hawks had 280. Um, and we already talked about all the stats, man. But the biggest ones, like we talked about, are the turnovers. One fumble lost by Minnesota, one interception from Minnesota. So turnover battle, the Hawks um, are, are minus two in this game, which was the key to the game. Uh, not to mention the field, the field, um, the field game. That was really a key in creating long fields. Tory Taylor did another tremendous job uh, planting their, that go for deep, that go for offense deep within their their own uh, uh, side of the field. It was not easy for them to get down the field in terms of trying to, to mount play after play, drive after drive. They did break a lot of big runs, but uh, mm. consistently do it over and over again. They were only able to get punched in one time. So it's going to be an it's going to be a challenge. But uh, we know that the Hawks are now sitting, David, at uh, seven and four. Yeah, that's right, seven to four. Right? Yeah, they're sitting at seven to four, and um, heading into the the, uh, the last game of the season, which has become a rivalry game. David, it wasn't a rivalry game when we went to college there. They was just, and if it was, it would just been them whooping us, and pretty much that was it. Um, <laughs> that uh, that was that was back then when they had uh, um, Eric Crouch and uh, yes, um, Bobby Newcomb. Um, Oh, Duca was a starter in 99 when we first played him up there in Kinnick. And then uh, Eric Crouch came in and had the um, had some, some pretty good plays. And then he took over that starting role after that game. So this Nebraska Cornhusker team, however, is not that Nebraska Cornhusker team. Nowhere near that. Not even close. Nope. They're still reeling and trying to find where their next direction is, trying to figure out who their next head coach is going to be. So they're trying to figure things out. But what makes them dangerous is the fact that they don't care. They don't have anything to play for, so they're going to pretty much do whatever they can to try to upset the Hawks. But we'll get into that in the pregame. Um, David, anything else you got for me for this uh, about this uh, Golden Gopher Hawkeye matchup this past Saturday? Special teams, like you said, the Aussie Bomber. He showed up. He pinned these guys deep, which is great. Uh, Nebraska. Um, They're going to be good. It's going to be good to watch Iowa play against these guys. Uh, like you said, they don't have much to – I don't think they have much to play for. They have nothing to lose, the other side of that for Nebraska. But uh, I, they're 0-7 uh, in the last um, set of matchups, I believe, maybe six. But, well, they might be able to get lucky. We'll see. I doubt it. Well, what I do know is that – they are playing for something, Dave. They're playing to try and lure Dion Primetime Sanders out to their campus to be their next head coach. That's one of the I, – I, I saw the game or I saw a couple a couple plays from their last game. I think – I don't know who they were playing, but I saw one of the signs. Or I didn't even see that. I just saw the highlights. Somebody <laughs> said a sign up that said, bring on Primetime Dion." 
So for whatever reason, they feel that um, Deion Sanders is the answer to uh, bringing them bringing them back to um, glory, back to their glory days. I personally don't see that happening. I don't see him leaving Jackson. I mean Jackson State for for Lincoln, Nebraska. But uh, hey, we don't know what the motivations are there. I think he is. I think he is. Uh, you know, in the right place for himself, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think for that man, I think that's that's the episode. We, we talked about everything, man. It was not mm-hmm. it was a lot. It wasn't a lot to this game. It was a lot of no. Muhammad Ibrahim, and it wasn't a whole lot of anything else. And the Hawks pulled it off. We got to figure out what's going to happen with Sam Laporta and uh, Monty Potty Bomb. But um, those are two key starters for that offense. Uh, the leading receiver for the offense. So. It's going to be a huge, huge task to try to replace him. Luke Lachey has done a tremendous job throughout the season, so we'll see how it checks out, man. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, give those two back. That would be nice. Um, like I said, we'll talk about the Big Ten Championship, but uh, getting that yes. offense. We need everything we can get, man. Yes. <laughs> we really yes. do. Yeah. We will definitely talk about that. That's one thing we did not mention, that the Hawks, with this past Saturday's game, have put themselves squarely in position to control their their destiny. As I'm sure everybody knows, uh, when this upcoming weekend against the Cornhuskers lands them square in Big Ten championship game, just like they were last year. So this is a huge game coming up this Saturday. We'll get into it a a bit more later on this week, but uh, for now, I appreciate you guys taking the time to take a listen to Hawk Talk. Uh, Click subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Uh, We appreciate you guys for joining us. It's been a tremendous season, David. We are one, two, three games left uh, in the season. And and we've seen these Hawkeyes grow, particularly on the offensive side. (laughs) So it's been a tremendous year. And um, I'm excited to see how it finishes out. But uh, for David Porter... I am Colin Cole. This is Hawk Talk. I uh, appreciate you guys for joining us and taking and listening to this uh, to this podcast. And we'll see you next time when we talk about uh, the Cornhuskers of Nebraska and as they uh, will come to Kinnick Stadium and take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm excited, man. It should be exciting. Uh, it's going to be cold, though. I know it's going to be cold. So we'll see what happens in terms of uh, those guys acclimated and how comfortable they are. I hate that kind of weather, but you know, it's what it is. Uh, again, thank you all for joining us. I'm Colin Cole, David Porter. Take care. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.